for all of us, Lord, who feel like we're going under. We thank you for the story of Moses and the Red Sea and the people walking straight across on dry ground. We ask you, Lord, in our lives today, wherever it is needed, please do it again. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good. All the time. Well, it's good to be with you. And, you know, this one time a year when uh, I'm not wearing a suit and, uh, you know, I, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. And, and one of our, our folks on the front row here said to me, you know, everybody else looks okay, but we just can't get used to you without a suit. And uh, so here I am. And, uh, I, you know, I was wondering if I was in the right place and the right clothes. And then I saw all these songs about water. And my son told me that boat shoes are the only kind of shoes to wear these days. Who knew? You know, if you keep them around long enough, they come back around, you know. And so I feel like I'm in the right place. And I'm, I'm glad to be here with you. And I wonder, how do we find our way in this world? And these days we have GPS, uh, global positioning systems, satellites that will tell us right where we are, right where we go. I have a watch uh, that I can uh, wear when I run and it will tell me exactly how far I've run. And uh, I just haven't figured out how to uh, put that in the computer yet. But uh, I'm sure that it will because somebody told me that it will. Uh, you, you may have uh, used those uh, map quests on the Internet. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's great. Well, you know, technologically, I just haven't kept up with all that or taken advantage of it. But I do have... A great help for those of you who sometimes get lost in this big city of Houston. What I do is I dial 281-381-4347. And uh, Larry Bertrand has helped me more times than I can recall. And I'm sure he'd be glad to help you as well. It's 281-381-4347. In a memorable scene in Alice in Wonderland, Alice asks the Cheshire Cat for help. And she gets more than she anticipated. Alice says, I was just wondering if you could help me find my way. And the Cheshire cat says, well, that depends on where you want to get to. And Alice says, oh, it really doesn't matter as long as. And the Cheshire cat interrupts her and says, if you don't know where you are going, then it doesn't matter which way you go. If you were going to ask someone for directional advice for your life, if you were looking for a rudder for your soul. Where would you go? And what if I could give you, say, 20 minutes with the smartest man in the world? What would you ask him? Solomon was the wisest man. Listen to his words of wisdom about wisdom and find a rudder for your soul. Would you stand with me as we read God's word? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. Proverbs 3, verse 1. He's already told us in Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And he said, as we saw last week in verses 8 and 9, that we can take our father's instruction, our mother's teaching, and, and sort of adorn our lives with those teachings. If you follow through with Proverbs, you see parents telling their kids to avoid bad associations. And in chapter 3, verse 1, he brings it home. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God 
and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. You may be seated. So do you remember when? Remember the first time these words registered on your own consciousness, in your own heart, you finally took these words to heart? I have a friend in our congregation who tells me that when she was growing up in Alabama, every time she went to visit her grandmother, written there in a little plaque on her grandmother's dresser were these words, trust in the Lord with all your hearts, lean not on your own understanding. A friend of mine, a running partner, tells me that when uh, he was being ordained as a deacon, his, his uncle from central Texas came by and prayed those words over him. You ever wonder what they're praying, what they're saying up there when they're laying hands and ordaining? His uncle said to him, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean not on your own understanding. And he says every time he lays hands on somebody in our ordination services, he leans over and whispers in their ears, trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Lean not on your own understanding. I was a freshman in college. I'm sure I was um, wrestling with some decision that was going to affect my future. I was struggling at that time. I remember seeking God's will about when to begin to pastor a church. And uh, I had an opportunity to preach in view of a call at a church coming up. And at the same time, I was seeking God's direction. I was hanging out over in the uh, music school looking for somebody who could play the piano for my church and be my wife. And, and I was just, all these big decisions were in front of me. And one day I was reading through the book of Proverbs and... And I came to this verse and it was, you know what this is like? Like a lightning bolt that hit me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I found in these verses both a pattern and a promise. Whether you're making big decisions or little decisions, Solomon had the wisdom to say, as wise as he was, this is how we know he was really wise when he said, it's not about our own wisdom, it's about God's wisdom. James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask God, he gives freely, just ask him. God would love to make you wise. God is not playing hide and seek with us, he's playing seek and find. When you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me, he says. And Solomon knew, do we know that God is the fountain of wisdom? And if we need to be wise, we need to go to Him. It's not a a matter of diligent search for the truth. It's really a matter of trusting Him to inform our hearts so that we make informed, or should I say transformed, decisions when He renews Our minds. Do you see this pattern? How do we make a decision? Yogi Berra said, if you come to a fork in the road, take it. Well, okay. But Solomon has better wisdom than that. Listen to what he says. He says, trust. Trust, that is, that this word is beautiful. To lean completely on. 
Trust, he says, in the Lord with all your heart. Because, because wisdom is spiritual. It's not just cognitive. It's not just a matter of developing your mind, as important as that is. It's about, he says, developing your heart. So he says, you trust. Where do you trust? You trust in your heart. And he describes it there for us. And you say, well, I didn't know that that was about the heart. I thought it was about the mind. But if it's really all about just intellectual comprehension... Then why do we sometimes say, do you ever say, I knew in my heart, not I knew in my head, I never say that, but sometimes I say, do you say, I knew in my heart, because in the heart, um, the Hebrews understood the heart was the place of deliberation, it was the place of desire, it was the place of decision, it was the place where people met with God, not just in the place where I store algebra formulas from the eighth grade, but but here in the center of my volition, where, where I meet with God, the center of my personality, in that place, I either trust God or I don't. And my word to you this morning is, don't doubt God's goodness. Trust Him because He is so incredibly trustworthy. And the South African pastor, uh, Andrew Murray, said, God is working to, to gain in us a deep sense of assurance and confidence in Him. If you look, he says, at the whole of Scripture, again and again, what it says is, you can trust me. You can trust God. Trust in Him with all. And maybe all is the, is the biggest word in verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Put your full weight down on God. In these days when airlines are charging us just to bring a suitcase on the plane, it's interesting to me to think again of the story of Uncle Oscar who took his very first plane ride at the at the behest of his family who encouraged him. He didn't want to get up on the plane. He didn't like to think about flying. And he he made the trip and he gets off the plane. His family's there to meet him in the airport. This is kind of old school. They're there to meet him in the airport. And they say, Uncle Oscar, how was your flight? And he said, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But I never really put my full weight down. (laughs) Well, I, I think he did. But he just didn't know that he did. And if you and I are not going to trust God with all of our hearts, can I just ask this morning, if you're not going to trust Him with all of your heart, then what are you going to do with the parts of your heart that you don't use to trust Him? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, He says, because He is trustworthy. Lean not, if you're going to lean, lean on the everlasting arms, don't. Don't lean on your own understanding. And this is not an anti-intellectual diatribe. This is, you know me, I went to 11 years of school after high school. It wasn't because I was the slowest one in my class. That's just how long it took to do all of that. I'm not anti-intellectual. But it's not about intelligence. This is about intimacy. It's about being still and knowing that He is God. It's about ceasing our striving and recognizing. Here's the important word in that second part of verse 5. It's your own. There's nothing wrong with understanding, but there is sometimes something wrong with our own understanding. And by the way, Solomon could tell you at the end of his life, you can be the smartest person in the room and not be smart enough in your own understanding. 
And we can be like that country preacher that Paul Powell tells about who was preaching to his people one morning. And he said, you know, some people say that following the Lord is ignorant. He said, if following the Lord is ignorant, I pray right now, Lord, you would make me ignoranter than a mule. And Paul Powell said that was probably one of those prayers that was answered even before he asked. Well, we can we can be ignorant in our own ignorance or we can be wise in the wisdom of the Lord, the wisdom that comes from God. We can lean not on our own understanding, but we can lean on God. And I just have to say to you, it, there, is, there is a rationalism in our world that Gandhi said could become an idol every bit as much as a piece of stone or wood. When you and I, nothing wrong with being rational, by the way, I'm in favor of being rational, but rationalism... As an idol is as bad as any idol that you and I know. If you and I say, man is the measure of all things, as some of the philosophers said. If you say, well, my mind is the most important thing and it's really all about human wisdom. And there's a new wave of neo-atheism these days. People who are espousing atheism again in the name of intellect. And, and there's some great answers to those things. Dinesh D'Souza, uh, what's right about Christianity. Uh, Tim Keller, the reason for God. Where they say we can use our minds to embrace God and understand. But we dare not lean on our own understanding lest we lean on it and find ourselves falling off a cliff. There is a danger and the problem with this new sort of rationalism. And I think there's a new sort of rationalism sometimes within the church that says if I've got the text, I've got the truth. And believe me, nobody loves the text more than I do. But the scriptures say if you have the son, you have life. It's not about intelligence. Listen to me. It's about intimacy with God. It's about slowing down enough in this hurried world to get to the pace where I can slow down and, and have a relationship with God and thereby have better relationships with other people. It's about listening for His still small voice over the cacophony of voices in our world that are shouting and clamoring for our attention in all your here's the pattern trust in the Lord lean not on your own understanding in all your ways not in some of your ways it's not I surrender some it's I surrender all in all your ways acknowledge him you know when I saw this again it was probably about the same time I discovered this passage but I remember do you remember pictures from the paper 20 something years ago I remember this one. It was right after, like the, the earthquake that's taken place in China recently, an earthquake hit Turkey. I'd never been to Turkey at that point in my life, but I remember vividly on the front page of the Waco Tribune newspaper, there was a woman sitting in the rubble of what had been her home. And her eyes were lifted upward and her hands were folded. And it was a beautiful picture of acknowledging God. Just taking note that He is there. There is a God after all. We are not Him. We are not He, as somebody said to me. You are not God. That's the point. I love the story of the Russian cosmonaut who gets up there in space and he looks around and he comes back and says, I looked everywhere, there was no God. Uh, one pastor in Dallas said if he had come out of the spacesuit, he would have seen God right then. Well, I thought about that this week and I remember C.S. Lewis was alive at that point and C.S. Lewis was asked about it and he said that would sort of be like Hamlet in the play Hamlet going up into the attic of the castle looking around and saying I didn't see Shakespeare anywhere 
He said it would be sort of like that. And then Lewis said this, I believe in God like I believe that the sun rises. Not only because I can see the sun, but because by it, I can see everything. When we acknowledge him, sort of GPS, God's positioning system, when we acknowledge that he's there, it puts all of life in perspective for us. And we know where we are because we know he is there. And when we know that he is there, then we can understand where we are and what we are supposed to do. That's the pattern. Let me show you the promise. He will direct your paths. He will make your paths straight. Maybe your translation says the Hebrew word yatsar is a word. It's the same word, by the way, that's used in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, when Isaiah describes how God will straighten out the hills and the valleys and the crooks and the turns and will make a straight path. How much time have you and I wasted in our lives on spiritual detours? having to backtrack and come back to the place where we stopped doing what God asked us to do. I remember years ago, we made a trip to Florida. We were living in Austin. Melanie's parents were living in Austin. We, I mean, in, Wake, in Temple. And so we uh, took off and we went down, came down through Houston, went across I-10 all the way to Florida, went to Disney World and to a convention over there. And we were coming back and I had a map and I was in the lead. And there may be nothing more dangerous in the world than a man who has a map and is in the lead. And I was leading and my father-in-law and mother-in-law were in the Buick behind us. And we were in front of them in, in our car. And we had two screaming uh, toddlers. And we were trying to get home. And we hit Houston at rush hour. But I had a map and I was in the lead. And so I felt it was my uh, responsibility to the family to navigate a way through. And there was no Beltway 8 at that time. And I knew that uh, I-10 to Highway 6 might be a little bit crazy. And I remembered Highway 6. My brother used to live on Highway 6. And I knew it was not a fast way to get up uh, uh, Highway 6 uh, from I-10. That was not a fast way to get up to 290 and all of that. And so I looked on the map and there was this amazing loop that went across the north side of the city. It had a number. Do you know what the number was? 1960. I got on 1960 at rush hour with my family. And we waited five times for every light to change. I was the least popular person in the whole family. By the time we finally got through, we were making record time, which is very important to men like me, until we hit Houston at rush hour and I took 1960. I'm not sure my family has yet forgiven me for taking 1960, but to this day, having lived here 10 years, I have a little bit of an aversion. Even though I love County Line Barbecue, I have a bit of an aversion for 1960. How many detours... How many spiritual detours have we had to take in our lives because we leaned on our own understanding? I'll tell you about taking the right way. I'll tell you about uh, Bishop Walpole, Hugh Walpole, the novelist's father, who said, if you're trying to decide which way to go, always choose the path upon which falls the shadow of the cross. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow after me. I mean to say to you what Robert Frost said, that if we choose the path that God wants us to go, it will make, what did he say? All the difference. It will make all the difference. My youth minister's wife used to sing when I was in high school this wonderful song. God has a way 
for every planned creation, a path for every star to go. He drew the course for every river's journey. Now I know He has a way for me. I place my life in the hands of God. Those hands so scarred now outstretched for me. And wherever it may be, over land, over sea, may your will sublime, O thou God divine, be mine. Or as Jim Elliott said, your will, Lord, nothing more, nothing less, Nothing else. This has been the theme of my life. It has greatly simplified my life to understand that God had a plan and that that plan was the best way for me to go. And I chose as a very young man to follow that path. And I can testify with Frost that has made all the difference. And I'm inviting you to follow that pattern so that you can receive that promise. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your plan for our lives. It is not a plan that we always understand in our own minds. But I thank you that by your Spirit, you reveal to us the truth we need to take one step at a time following Christ. I ask you to help us to do that. In Jesus' name. Amen.